The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney Ray Giudice. Your day in court with the best lawyers in Atlanta, in the state, maybe the country, in the universe. We've nailed it down. They're the best lawyers that you could get no matter what your situation. As we talk about uh, a couple things that they were dead on, spot on right about. We'll call this segment Bruce and Ray were right. We're going to talk about Kim Kardashian. I know, strange that we'd bring her up in a legal show, but we are. As well as Elon Musk first, if you ever first, if you ever run into legal trouble and need help. Bruce, how do people get a hold of you? Easy to get a hold of me, uh, because I'm not just uh, as you say, uh, tops in the known universe, uh, world, country, state. You left out the metaverse. I mean, I think that's, that's I, I actually, next. That's I exist next. there now. Um, you do? Um, apparently, fancy. I was told I do. Fancy. That's very fancy. <laughs> so, uh, But easy to find me in uh, this Atlanta area, 404-202-2233 is my cell phone. Um, I'm on the internet. Uh, you can email me, Bruce, at hagen-law.com and check out that website of hagen-law.com, H-A-G-E-N, Lots of great information. We primarily handle personal injury claims, but are happy to help you with whatever it is you need. And if we can't help you, at least we will point you in the right direction. Right. Hey, Ray Judice, G-I-U, D as in David, I-C-E. I spell it because it's not easy. I know that. 404-964-4185. I had a fellow that looked me up on the internet on my webpage, and he said, why do you advertise or hold yourself out as a trial lawyer? I said, well, first of all, I've been jury trying cases and bench trials, which are trials just in front of a judge, for 38-plus years, and I love doing it. Bruce, is there anything, is there any day that you haven't been in a trial where you said, this is so much fun? It's stressful. It's exhausting. The stakes are high, but I just love doing it. And I it's still the best part it. of the job. It's the best part of the Without question, job. and it is the most stressful. It is the most exhausting. But it's what gets the best results for that client, most likely, and future clients. Because in my dealing with prosecutors and Bruce is dealing with insurance defense lawyers, they all have a little list of the lawyers who fold, settle at the last minute, dismiss and refile, take the plea bargain. And they all have a list of people who said, well, you know what? It said demand for trial by jury. We need 12. Let's go get them. And you don't have to do it that many times for the word to trickle down that you're willing to do it. And you've got the resources and the skills to try cases. In so. fact, it, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you out, but in fact, it's become like a Yogi Berra thing with me. I, I try so many cases that I don't get to try any more cases. Well, that's, <laughs> right. Right. that's what happens. <laughs> that's right. Because we try so many cases that, uh, and, and here's an example from this week. We had a mediation uh, in a case with the state, and it was, um, we had a retired judge who was our mediator, and I probably had tried three cases in that judge's courtroom. There you go. Right. Um, and so the judge is in the room with the decision makers for the other side saying, you know, Hagen will try a case, and he'll try a good case. And he's not afraid to go in there and swing for the fences. And so, you know, this is not one of those situations where somebody's just going to take whatever you offer them. You need to put real money on the case. And they did. Yep. That's what gets the job done. Bruce and 
Bruce and Ray were right is a new segment we're doing on uh, this uh, this episode of Your Day in Court, and we'll start. Time out. Can uh, can I do this at home with my wife as well? Uh, I'm going to leave Ray out of it. You can try. You can try it. I just don't know how well it'll work. Secondly, we're not going to have the alternative program, which is Bruce and Ray were wrong. So we're just sticking with with the winning side. Okay, let's just go with what works. We got our parameters set. There we go. All right, right. Kim Kardashian (laughs) is someone that we've brought up before, and the fact that she was hawking uh, cryptocurrency. And now the SEC has come and said, you know what? You didn't disclose that you're paid $250,000, and we're going to uh, get that $250,000 back and then throw a million-dollar fine on top of it. Y'all expected this. You knew it was coming. Yeah, we talked about this earlier in the year. Uh, so many celebrities and, quote-unquote, influencers, some of which I couldn't even identify who they are. There's one with a basketball player, and he's walking through the streets of New York at night and talking about crypto. I'm like, who is this guy? Do you know which one? Yeah, I, I know the ad, yeah, and I didn't yeah. recognize the yeah, player Yeah, I didn't either. know who it was. Uh, and then there's Jason Bourne, and then there's uh, Kim Kardashian, and the list is endless. Uh, the mayor of the city of New York decided that he'd be a big shot and take his salary in crypto when it was $60,000 per coin, and now it's $20,000 per coin. I don't know about anybody out there, but uh, when you get a third less than your salary, that just, that's a bad That's a day. tough day. But he was, talk- he was selling his own book because he wants to turn New York City into the crypto capital of the world, which I don't understand. There's not enough power. There's not enough water, et cetera. But this was hawking, not just hawking, but people who had skin in the game and they were pushing a product that, I mean, I'm just going by my own little bit of judgment and experience in investing. I understand buying stock in Johnson & Johnson. I can go to the store and buy stuff that says J&J on it. I can look at their P.E. ratio. I can see how much they earned last year. I look up and see how many times they've been sued. And I mean, there's things that you can look at to, to determine it as an investment, just like buying a house. You drive up and down the street. You see where the schools are. You see how close it is to the ro- highway, et cetera. I don't know from crypto. <laughs> I don't understand it. Now, maybe that's a shortcoming on my part, but I think there's a lot of people that have no idea what crypto is. And of course, the ultimate historical uh, Ponzi scheme was the tulip. You know, yeah, it's before right. it's like 1649. And all of a sudden, people around Europe started investing in tulips, the flower. And of course, it collapsed and people were left holding the bag and penniless or broke. And I think the SEC is slow to the game in regulating crypto. Yeah, and it's not unlike stocks. You know, could you imagine if you had, um, you know, some bikini model who has a million and a half followers on uh, TikTok or Instagram come out coming out and saying that, um, I believe in General Motors as a great company, and I'm encouraging everybody to buy General Motors stock. Um, you know, what do, what do you know about General Motors stock? Well, General Motors paid her, however much money they pay, to say something nice about General Motors stock in the hopes that the people out there that don't do their own research or don't know enough about it will rely on this influencer to, as somebody that will do it. It's different when you're talking about something that's a financial product where there's all kinds of opportunities for fraud and misdealings. There's so much money at stake. You know, it's not like having Orson Welles come on and do a uh, commercial for wine uh, that I will buy no wine before it's time. Uh, you know, he can sell a, a $5 bottle of wine and he count comes across as being serious and, you know, you're buying a bottle of wine. When you're talking about a, a regulated product and even something that's so unregulated like currency or cryptocurrency, um, you're still subject to these same problems. And yes, this is an area where Ray and I were right. Um, I will say, you say 
Ray, that you just don't understand what crypto is. Um, I'll tell you a little story because um, nobody really understands it. And, and I've sat down with people who do, and they still don't, right? They explain it to me. And so, you know, a couple years ago, my wife is having this conversation like, what is Bitcoin? What is cryptocurrency? I keep hearing about it. And I start trying to describe it to her, and I just talk about dollars and things like that. And then, you know, I come to the quick realization that not only do I have not a clue about what cryptocurrency is and how to describe it, I don't even know how money works. Like, you know, if you really start <laughs> thinking about it, it's like, yeah, there's this bill we carry around in our pocket that has different numbers written on it and you get that value because when you get right down to it we all just kind of subscribe to the same belief that these pieces of paper carry that value with them and you know what makes that happen there's no gold standard anymore where we're you know dealing with a pile of gold in Fort Knox that supposedly is equivalent to these bills you know it's just sort of a concept and and you start thinking of money as a concept that that we all just buy in how is that a, easy to understand, and B, any different than what's going on with crypto. Exactly well, right. I think you're right, but there's an historical valuation of putting a Benjamin Franklin up on the counter, and people will bring you meal for that, or they'll wash your car, or mow your yard, or fix your air conditioning. I mean, there is a, a maybe, and you're right, right, Bruce, maybe it's not written down, but but we all sort of understand what currency is. We, we know that a bar of gold has value, an historical value, whether it's 18000 dollars or eight thousand dollars whatever it is but at least you can do your homework on it and you have comparables and people will respond to it and if i had three crypto bitcoins in my pocket today i wouldn't know what to do with it i wouldn't know how much it's worth i don't know where to take it to buy something with it and i don't know how the person on the other side of that transaction can evaluate it and that, i think that's the even with the gm stock i mean i get your analogy but the listener can go online and pull up General Motors, you know, stock, and or go to uh, Motley Fool or Charles Schwab. I mean, there's a whole host well, um, of you can self-educate yourself to where you're not going to be at the whim or the mercy of an influencer or a comp uh, some. You're going to be uh, you're going to lose out. You know, you're not going to be on Columbus's ship because you were scared to travel the ocean blue. Well, that brought in a lot of suckers. Well, this is almost more like card collecting in my view. And uh, mm -hmm. you think that uh, I'm just going to get these cards and hang on to them and they're going to be worth more money. And uh, the value of cards goes up, value of cards goes down. People seem to be trading on uh, the, the variety of cryptocurrency options out there based on momentum and not based on anything real. It's like, oh, it's been down. It'll come back up. I'll, now it's time to buy or it's up. I'll, I'll sell it now. Well, you know, we're going to talk about Mr. Musk in the next segment or right in a moment or two. But, you know, don't forget, he pumped up. What was it called? Dogecoin. Dogecoin? I mean, it was a pump and dump scheme. That's back in the day. You get a call unsolicited from some stockbroker in a basement in Brooklyn who was trying to sell you the ABC company at a penny stock, a pink sheet stock was what they used to call those things. They had no value. But, you know, you thought you could buy it in the morning at 13 cents a share and sell it that afternoon at 28 cents a share. And lots of people bought it at 13 cents and sold it at one cent. I mean, that's that's a pump and dump scheme. And I don't know. I think he's on the list. I'd put him on the list. I thought what he did was with Dogecoin was completely unprofessional and unethical. And it may have been a pattern of what he tried to do with Twitter. And may also be uh, an example of what we have to come here once he does go through with this purchase of Twitter. And uh, we start seeing uh, how he uses that platform. That's right. Let's talk about that in the next segment. And uh, because there's, there's the other part of that that, we, you know, we discussed 
the actual you know cryptocurrency but the the role of the influencer is is just as big a conversation i think too and how that how's that going to be regulated and and who's regulated how many followers do you have to have to be regulated we'll talk about that we'll talk about uh elon musk actually saying yep i take it back i am going to buy twitter why did that happen uh what is going to come of it and does he have any recourse afterwards if he finds out information that was misleading misleading to get him to buy it we'll also talk about the tom brady giselle potential divorce he's worth about 250 million dollars she's worth about 400 million dollars those discussions next on your day in court with bruce hagan and ray judice on extra 106.3 the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent apy and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like you can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds go to worthybonds.com backslash save that's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to your day in court with renowned lawyers Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. We're going to continue with the Bruce and Ray. We're going to continue with the Bruce and Ray We're Right segment just for a little bit longer because I no, want to stretch it out, man. Okay, or or we can stretch it if we need to. We can stretch it out as long as we need to. Uh, because I want to ask about before we get to the Twitter thing and Elon Musk saying yes, I'm going to buy Twitter after trying to back out. That Kim Kardashian, um, like many of the influencers, she has been fined, and we talked about that. She was paid, and and she didn't let people know, and she was asking them to buy something that they could invest in and yet lose a lot of money. Where where's the line in in your opinion for influencers? You know what I mean. What what about what about somebody that's paid I don't know fifteen dollars to advertise whatever it is. I guess I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's 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 the caliber of person that's going to be regulated? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you got to look, is there a disclosure? That's that's the most important thing that the advertisers or the influencers should do. If they don't really own the product and they're a paid spokesperson, 
Well, you usually hear that little disclaimer at the end of the ad or in the fine print at the bottom. So that that's, I think, a pretty important thing. But if somebody with enormous amount of influence and political or, or social standing says, you know, I'm, I, part, I bought into this company because I'm a believer myself. I put my money where my mouth is and I, I want you to join me. Well, that's a little bit different. Now, you're, now you've gone the next step uh, and you better be right. Yeah, we have a uh, family friend that have daughters that are influencers in the uh, fashion field, and they do a lot on their own. They promote a lot of different products on on their pages, but then you'll see that something is a sponsored ad, and it'll say it right on there, you know. And so that is one way to make it clear that this is a paid venture, as opposed to this is just me telling you what I like. Um, the other thing too comes into like how regulated an industry are we talking about, and how much consumer protection are we willing to have? You know, this is one of the areas where, depending on who's in office and what laws are being passed, you know, there's either more or less regulation of these markets. And so as there's more regulation in the financial markets, that's going to bleed over here where the influencers are promoting a financial product. If Kim Kardashian is promoting some clothing brand, whether she wears it or not, and it turns out that that clothing brand catches fire when you uh, get near a flame, she's likely to get sued but have a much more defensible position on it as opposed to if she's promoting any kind of financial product or investment where you're in a regulated industry like that, um, and now the SEC can step in and say that you've violated our rules for promoting this type of a product. I mean, how many athletes have represented an auto dealer uh, shoe companies, manufacturers, shoe companies. I mean, just because uh, athlete X uh, does a, a Mercedes ad or a Ford Motor Company ad, and you have a wreck or the wheel falls off, your target is the manufacturer of that product or or, or the company that maintained it. Generally, not the spokesperson that may be on the billboard. But again, the financial products, and and this we have to. I also put it in context. We're in the middle of the pandemic. The economy is shut down. The government's sending people money who are opening up Robinhood accounts, uh, you know, the Robinhood investing app, and they're speculating on all kinds of stocks like Bed Bath and Beyond. And the the, the what what's it? AMC. I mean, the cinemas are yeah. closed, yeah. and people are running this stock up to three hundred dollars a share. And all of a sudden, here comes crypto. Now, crypto's been around for a while, but again, the the pump was during an, a period of real economic uncertainty, uh, and it and it was targeted, I think, at at people maybe who were the least informed, the least able to make these decisions, and the most vulnerable financially. Well, if anybody that follows Kim Kardashian is probably the least informed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here, and and I can see it too because if you invest something and you lose the ability to pay your mortgage versus buying a pair of shoes, which you know may cost you 150 bucks, but it's not going to keep you from paying your mortgage. I think that may be the difference, at least from my point of view. Twitter, Elon Musk, we had talked about this because he tried to back out of paying what he had offered for Twitter, but he had in, entered into a contract and was going to be going to court and deposed at the end of this past week. It seems like his lawyers got in front of him and said, hey, 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 you might as well go ahead and pay for him because you're going to pay for him. You know, when it comes to building the best electric car, shooting a rocket off into space, batteries, all kinds of scientific inventions, this guy's fantastic. He's he's brilliant. Uh, he should he shut his mouth about the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine because he's wrong. <laughs> and I'll slap him right upside the head on that. Uh, and this was a, uh, a maybe it was Bragadero or, you know, I'll show you how to run Twitter because I'm smarter than Jack. What's his name who left? Uh, and you guys are wasting an asset or and I, I think Bruce will come up with this a little bit. 
is he now venturing into how do I influence the world by the product and the way that most people get a lot of political news and information and sell products. But again, he handled it poorly. Uh, he, over, he overpaid. I think that's the consensus amongst the financial people. At least his offer was more than the value of the stock. But again, that goes back to what Bruce was saying before. So here's an intel, a brilliant man with billions of dollars who decided on his own to overpay for a product that was kind of hard to evaluate its true value anyway. So that's, that's on him. But where he got his you-know-what in a ringer is when he decided to try to back out of this deal and eventually, and he was going to be deposed by some smart pants lawyers Thursday and Friday. And the rules of a deposition, folks, are the lawyers have to ask questions that are relevant or that calculated can to lead, uh, reasonably lead to the discovery of admissible evidence, which means you can ask anything. That's a fishing expedition. And he didn't want to be fished. Okay. Because okay, you don't know where the hook goes. Yeah. He, he's, uh, you know, Elon Musk strikes me as a weirdo, but not as a stupid person. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think he realized that now, yeah, he had played this game of poker uh, as far as he could play it. And now it was time to either go all in or fold. And, and so he's all in, you know, and, and um, yeah, avoiding the litigation, avoiding having to testify under oath to, to these things. Um, he'll go forward with the deal. And now, to me, the interesting thing becomes, all right, so what sort of influence now does Elon Musk over have or have over the national dialogue when it comes down to the 2024 election and beyond? You know, I mean, um, we know the power that media has in the world in the old days, you know, just having a newspaper at your disposal. I mean, look how much power the Pulitzer family had to, to influence outcomes of elections and um you know, both make and ruin careers, you know. So um, here's a guy who um, can either overtly or just very uh, subtly influence the dialogue, influence outcomes, and not necessarily do it for money. He has all the money already. Um, But to do it because the one thing people never have enough of is power and control, and and that's what this is about for him. And and so if he overspends for it, he doesn't care. That's just money. He'll make it back. But that access to the power and control that you have from now, uh, having your your print, your handprint on this tremendous voice, this tremendous community, is unlimited. Yeah, right now, and and folks can't see this, but. Right next to me is a large bottle of Johnny Walker Black Scotch. That was a gift to me by one of the sales folks here that I helped out of a little pinch. And there are a lot of lawyers right now in in Washington, D.C. and New York City and maybe L.A. that are drinking that scotch because they didn't get the bill for this trial and maybe the appeal and the motions. Uh, So one of the things that Musk has avoided is the enormous attorney's fee that he may have to pay to the winner's. Okay, especially if the judge determined, and the judge has taken a pretty aggressive stance that Mr. Musk and his lawyers have put up some, I won't say frivolous arguments, but not exactly the most meritorious. Now, I thought your earlier mention, Bruce, of Orson Welles, you would brought up Citizen Kane, the ultimate story about a man who used the media uh, to make people and break people and wound up watching his sled burn in the. 
the um, fireplace. Rosebud. <laughs> I, I was working my way around to that, Ray. You've now just uh, given, given away the ending to this oh, no. segment. So, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, well, speaking of endings, there's rumor that uh, Tom Brady and Giselle are headed to the end of their marriage. They're, uh, not a happy ending. Not a happy ending whatsoever. And back to the Kardashians, apparently. You know, you, you're very predictable. Right? I know, always know where you're going. So, apparently, she's mad because he didn't retire he he unretired and now she has uh, hired a divorce attorney they say allegedly and um is trying to figure out what to do is uh tom's position on this also looking for an attorney but you know this is this is an unusual situation because he's worth 400 million i'm sorry she's worth 400 million he's worth 250 million they have two kids together he's got a uh, a son with bridget moynihan prior relationship this seems like a uh this seems like a, a different type of divorce. This is not, you know, the average divorce in America. Yeah, not even the average divorce among people who are affluent here in America. Um, this is, uh, you know, you get to see the super rich. Uh, this is like Fleetwood Mac breaking up. You know, this this is a big it's a deal. Good example. Um, so, yeah, there are lawyers involved. Those same lawyers who are crying because they didn't get to continue to bill on the Elon Musk Twitter case. There are other lawyers in Florida who are now uh, popping champagne because they're retained by either Tom or Giselle. To, to sort of figure this thing out. Um, there certainly was a prenup uh, in this case, and, and from what um, the internet says, uh, when Brady negotiated his future $375 million contract to be a spokesman on Fox television, um, I assume it's Fox Sports, and that he's is, not yes. going to be doing Fox News, um, although he apparently could do that too. Um, but but you know, to be on Fox NFL broadcast for three hundred seventy five million, they redid the prenup. Uh, you you can do that. You know, we always talk about prenups. You can have a post nup uh, as long as the two sides voluntarily agree and they're, they're, there's it's, have a legitimate contract. You can certainly do that. So whether this becomes a mature approach to let's just go ahead and separate ourselves our assets are already separated let's make sure we're doing the best thing for the kids and we set that up the right way with the court's supervision and blessing and we'll jointly submit the terms of this to the court that we've agreed upon that's the cleanest thing if this starts to get ugly if one mm. one or both of them decide to inflict pain on the other then this is going to play out in the sort of way that's horrible for families, horrible for the kids involved, um, but fantastic entertainment for people like us uh, who can watch and comment and uh, just enjoy it from the sidelines. Yeah, one thing that uh, folks do, you know, there's these marriages where uh, the wife, and this is tr sort of traditional view and will change as our culture changes, but the wife partner uh, helps the husband uh, get through medical school, law school, uh, he then works for 20 years and makes partner or owns part of the business. And uh, she stayed at home and raised the children. And he's making a buck, you know, a unit a year. And now he files for divorce or she files for divorce. Well, that's a completely disparate, uh, unequal power play, both financially, ability to make more money. You know, it, there's lots of jobs out there, but it's hard to, at age 55, just go out and start a working career. You maybe haven't paid into Social Security. I mean, there's a lot of considerations in average folks getting divorced that isn't present in this case. Right. And a, just to interrupt, an example of that was uh, Kelly Clarkson's divorce, if you remember. I do. Um, Kelly Clarkson 
had started out uh, from very modest roots and didn't have anything and then made herself into an enormous uh, franchise success. Um, and when she and her husband divorced, she's paying her husband something like $115,000, $120,000 a month yeah. um, in alimony. Essentially, yeah. he carried her luggage. You know, here, honey, I've got, got the luggage is up in the in the Ritz Carlton suite. Good luck at the show tonight. And but, interesting, that is Reba McIntyre's ex husband's son. So it's right? a it's a myriad. It's a what a spider web that is. But Bruce brought up really important words. One is, can this be done by what's called a consent divorce, where both parties and their lawyers and maybe accountants, uh, you know, that that's going to be pretty important about the taxes, uh, get into a room and over several days put together. A, a, a consent decree that a judge will sign off on. But the most important question for that judge is going to be, does this agreement, I know you adults, rich people, smart people, famous people think this is great, but is in the best interest of the children. That is the overriding issue that a judge will have to tangle with and evaluate. Uh, I don't know how old their children are. I know they're preteens. So we're talking about how does the medical, future medical get paid? 12 and 9. 12 and 9. What about college, graduate school? Do they want to spend a year in France, you know? Because, because the second part of that is that the children are entitled to go forward in their lives pretty much in the custom and style that they're used to. That doesn't mean exactly everything, but, you know, they've been living in that mansion down in Tampa they they're not going to be living in a trailer, you know, in Orlando. It doesn't work that way. They're well, their be, mom was worth four hundred million dollars, well, so they well, definitely. I understand, but but <laughs> I'm kidding. But believe no, me, I, parents I in these divorces can use their children as as chess pieces. Sure. Okay, and that's yeah. not going to happen. Those kids are going to be well taken, and they should be. I mean, everybody yeah. in this room would like to see that happen. Yeah, it's not a matter here with the super wealthy of being able to afford that sort of care. No, nobody's stressing out over which one of us is going to provide health insurance for the kids. Um, for the average person in yeah. their divorces, these are big deals. Big and, and so, um, you know, Ray and I both um, are cut from the same cloth in the sense that we know what we do. We know what we're good at. We stick to that one thing. Uh, and and we do a great job with it. And we also know what we don't do. And and. The one encounter with the legal system that 50% of the married population has is dealing with divorce, right? And so we, get, we both have gotten calls over the years asking for recommendations for divorce lawyers. And, and so many times um, I will have somebody, because they're in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're just angry, uh, about the way things have turned out, and they come at me with like, I, want I a need bulldog. you, I, I need, need a you bulldog. to give me, and that's right. the word they I use, a bulldog divorce lawyer, and and I want the toughest one who's going to just fight for everything, and and it's it's such, I understand the the emotion, the emotion, yeah. why they feel that way, and and you know what I try to do is to say, look, I know those people, um, because I know who they are and I know how they work. And I know that at the end of the day, you're going to be far more miserable than you are now, and you'll be broke. Because the, the tactic is fight over every last issue that you can fight over until there's no money left anywhere. Except in the lawyer's and, accounts. And, right, right, until the lawyers have gotten paid everything, and then settle, because there's nothing left. And, and so, you know, if you've got so much money that you don't care— and, and, that's, and that's it. You want to make some lawyer rich so that you can continue to inflict pain on your spouse? Let me suggest this. Spend the money on therapy uh, because you need to get right with yourself before you go ahead and do all that. But what, you, you know, what Ray's talking about, 
uh, where you can come to court with an agreement reached. There are folks out there and, and lawyers who will operate this way who are oriented towards how can we do this and work it out in a sensible way. We're still going to advocate for your rights. The other side will advocate for their rights, but we're going to go about this because the lawyers know the rules, right? We know who gets what. And and let's come up with something that's fair and workable that, that if you have kids is best for them. And, and even if you don't have kids, that is equitable and fair and clean so that you can just move on. You, you know? I mean, in Metro Atlanta, absent a felony conviction where you're in prison or a history of substantial drug abuse, nobody's losing parental rights. Okay? So, so the, you're both going to be parents, and now you're going to have to figure out a game plan. Is it one week on, one week off, every other weekend? Who gets this Thanksgiving? Who gets next Christmas? Uh, who signs for the medical? What school do they go to? This is a list of questions that every superior court judge and their assistants, their staff, is, is going to have. There's a financial disclosure sheet, tax liens, uh, IRS liens, credit card bills, income. All that's got to be laid out, and I'm certain there's almost no difference in the state of Florida where I assume that's where the divorce will be filed. Uh, but one little sneaky thing, going back to the disparate, uh, when you've got the, the doctor uh, or the lawyer or the company owner and the partner who has never worked outside the home, what, what a sneaky thing that some of the wealthier people will do is they'll go interview the 10 best defense lawyers in that metropolitan area for that $500 an hour uh, initial interview. And guess what? Every one of them is now foreclosed from representing the other party. It would be a, a, a conflict ah. of interest. So for five grand at $500 an hour, which is what the best defense lawyers or divorce lawyers get in this town, right? Is that about oh, right? Oh, sure. Five fifty, six fifty, At least. At least. Um, and God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you take them out of the game. So that's sneaky, but it's not wrong. Uh, Ray and I have a good friend uh, who's a great uh, – family law divorce practice named Randy Kessler. Um, and Randy uh, is always in the front row of the Hawks games. You see him down there. But I remember before some concert uh, that was down at CNN Center, uh, I was with I, um, this couple of friends and I saw Randy and I saw this other couple that I know because I'd coached their kid in softball. And I went up to the couple and say hi. And it's like, hey, let me introduce you to my friend Randy, but I can only introduce one of you. Which one? Which one of you wants to meet him? <laughs> That's Very awesome. True. That's Very so funny. true. But but I I let's you know again. Uh, I hope for the best for these folks. Uh, you know, it's it's he's led a hard life, uh, Tom. I mean, in the, the sense guy. of well, you know, in the sense of I think, and I think as I kind of get towards the later innings of my career, uh, I'm I'm trying to adapt with. How do I give it up? I mean, he's Tom Brady, man. He's the best there ever was, and it'll probably be the best there ever will be. And how do you walk away from it? But at age 44, you probably expired the useful life of a football player, and, and, unless you're right, Tom so, Blanda. <laughs> George Blanda. George Blanda, thank and, you. And, and, you know, what was Tom Brady doing a couple of Thursdays ago when uh, the Dolphins were playing on TV, and you see Tua get thrown around like a rag doll and right. smack his head on the right. field four days after he had just had a concussion, even though the NFL – uh, and the team wanted to call that a back injury. Um, that's how you get out of the game. Uh, you know, go talk to some 65, right. 70 year old players who can't uh, formulate a sentence because of the brain damage that they have. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's a guy who's so focused on his health and, and so focused on himself and, and everything else about it. You know, get a sense that it's, it's time, even though you have the ability, you know, leave while you're on top and, and are relatively healthy. As the great DiMaggio did. DiMaggio tore his Achilles. He came back, and the Yankees wanted him to play first base. 
and they were going to way overpay him to play first base. DiMaggio could at 300 no, at, at age 55 probably, but he didn't. He knew that he was not a first baseman. His great line was, what if some kid saw me play the first time they ever saw me and said, that's DiMaggio, you know, botching a ball over at first base. So what did he do? He retired, he made, he sold coffee pots, and he married Marilyn Monroe. Not such a bad yeah. transition. There's worse things. History can be very. And very he already has a supermodel. Yeah, that's gracious. what I'm saying. But back to, to Bruce's point, apparently that's what Giselle is the most upset about is, like I said, unretiring. She said she's a very pros and cons person, and she sees very few pros, mm-hmm. to your point too, of him continuing to play. They've got plenty of money, they've got it all. But there is something to be said about not being able to let it go and you see that with athletes you see that how many how many farewell tours is elton john gonna do and i love elton john but how many how many are you are you gonna really don't do? forget brady can recite in order every single player that was drafted ahead of him in the sixth round yeah that yeah. determination he never forgot wearing that as a chip never right so you think that you know those uh multiple was it seven super bowl rings under his pillow you know might might keep him warm at night uh that that he can just yeah, wins rest enough on enough. his laurels of being the all-time you greatest um you, you know at some point you you are doing this out of a reason that's something other than just trying to prove anything right and so to if, if giselle's point is you have children yeah. Your children want you in their lives when you're 50 uh, and 60 and, and coherent and, and coherent. And, and, you know, we don't want to care for you in a nursing home. And I only say this because I've seen so yes, many old have. football players. And not so who are but not, not that great, old, 50, early yeah, 50s. Yeah. Look at and, Earl and, Campbell. You know, the idea of like you can be done now yeah. and go out on top. And by the way, here's your next career already mapped out for waiting you. on you. You'll never pay for a round of golf again. You have a lifetime pass at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you know, what more do you want out of the world? And, and, you know, the fact that you are continuing to play the, and do this is saying that you love yourself more than you love your family. And I and, take your side and, in this. I, you know, I do. Yeah, that's as much is, as so. I respect his competitive juices and as much as I, you know, all of us got to ride off into but the But go sunset. be the best broadcaster. That's right. Go be New the John. best at I whatever. I mean, look, look what a mediocre quarterback Tony Romo did. I see, there you uh, go. I mean, he t- turned example. it into, uh, you know, a great a Maybe great he's looking at what a great quarterback in Drew Brees couldn't do and saying, like, I don't want to be a fool on TV like Drew Brees was and uh, be Could gone. Be that too. So, Could be right. that, too. Uh, hard to walk away. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, another sports team. There was a conversation about the Braves changing their name. It's come up again, this time after their visit to the White House. We'll discuss it next on Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. 
I saw it firsthand. When Stacy's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This is Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Welcome back. Final segment, Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. Braves got invited to the White House as the uh, winners of the World Series. They gave President Joe Biden a jersey. They, um, they talked about what an honor it was, many of the players and uh, manager Brian Snitker, to be able to uh, go to the White House. But then following that visit during the uh, the press conference, the president's press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about the name, the Atlanta Braves, and the Tomahawk Chop. She said it would be a discussion that needed to be had between people involved in, in the conversation, which I, I think she's right about, and that leads us to where we are. And because that it, it's very similar with the Seminole Nation um, and the Seminole Tribe with the uh, Florida State University, um, much like that here in Atlanta, you have the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians who work closely with the Atlanta Braves and support the Braves and the name the Atlanta Braves. So I guess I, I, I do wonder, is there any sort of legal angle that could be brought against the team or, um, or, or cause them to legally have to change their name? I can't see anything, but but you guys would know much better than I. Well, there there are a lot of courts out there, and this might be one that's best um, litigated in the court of public opinion um, because if public opinion really turned so strongly against the use of the team name Braves um, that it became either an embarrassment uh, or a financial matter for the team or the league, I think then there'd be some real pressure to do it. Um, I, I'll start off by saying that I'm not – somebody who should speak here as a stakeholder in this uh, or somebody who has any real um, regard for the sensitivity of what the use of the Braves name or the Tomahawk logo may mean to somebody who is a Native American. Um, I do see the Braves doing a tremendous amount of outreach uh, in the uh, Native American community. Um, they just held a three-day weekend of Native American baseball players uh, at, the, at Truist Park, last month, month before, highlighting, you know, some of these young athletes. Um, there's displays at the stadium of uh, connections with the Cherokee Nation and the Native American culture and the team. Um, I understand that some people are offended. I just haven't heard it from the people who really um, have what I think would be the strongest voice, which is the people who are in the Native American community. Yeah, two things. Historically, don't forget, the franchise started as the Boston Braves moved to Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Braves for many years. That franchise moved to Atlanta in 1965. So there's been a baseball team named the Braves for, I would suspect, at least 100 years or right right about that. 
Uh, so it wasn't the Atlanta Braves that started this. You know, that was their name. Secondly, in if you look at the two franchises that have changed their names with the Washington Redskins to the Commanders and the Cleveland Indians to the Guardians, uh, and it took me a while to understand what the Guardian thing was about. It's the bridge. It's very local, right. It's a very local reference, and it was very important. And I think that's, if you're going to do it, at least make it something that's historical and pertinent to that community. So I don't know, but I guess the commanders would go. I thought the Washington Monuments would have been better. <laughs> but 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 the thing, too, is that both of those were pretty easily, uh, I think, to any anybody looking from the outside said, you know, if you remember what Chief Wahoo looked like, which is a very clownish uh, a caricature of, 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 of what would be a Native American. Uh, and then the Redskins was kind of an insult, although historically there's some debate about that. But I can understand. Including the family that drew the original, the Native American family that right. drew the original logo. But but I don't see, and again, I, I, I concur with Bruce. This is not really for me to say what uh, a Native American should say. Hey, this is a, a, I like this portrayal of what a brave is. But but it, from the public opinion, if I get to have one, it, it seems to be actually kind of honoring <laughs> what what a brave person would be. I it mean, seems I, the way, and, I, and again, I don't know. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, Golden State Warriors is that an honorary um, name to have as Warriors? Right, good question. Um, you know, I, I was I would have gotten behind and would still get behind. By the way, a name change if the Braves chose to change their team to the Hagens to the Hagen. No, not to, <laughs> yeah, to to the the Atlanta Hagen Roscoff Attorney Law. Um, no, no, I th- I thought they could change the name to the Atlanta Hammers in honor of Hammer and Hank okay. Aaron. You have the hammer that is shaped exactly like the tomahawk your uniforms and and merchandise are going to look the same you can do the hammer bang instead of the <laughs> hammer hammer job. play you you're going to get nailed you're going to get nailed I, I i think you know that's a way that they could go about um doing this if they ever thought they needed to um to say that you know we're, we're doing this not because of any controversy mm-hmm. over the team name necessarily mm-hmm. or that it's offensive but we want to honor the greatest um brave and in fact the greatest baseball player um, of all time that, you know henry hammer and hank aaron uh the true home run king which is another matter on my mind in light of aaron judge oh, by the way the true up. home run king you know hammer and hank aaron Agreed. um so so atlanta hammers have at it yeah, I guess that's a that's not an unreasonable, workable, uh, brave hammers. I mean, there's some way to transition to that. I'm not espousing that, but I think Bruce comes up with a great plan. But again, who's this conversation with? I mean, I, I that was raised at the podium at the White House. I mean, I, I'm, I live here in Atlanta for 44 years. I haven't seen this conversation being raised, and I will assure you, uh, come playoff time, there'll be lots of there always is. There'll be lots of, uh, of of conversation all of a sudden out of the blue. Nobody nobody was out here for the last 82 home <laughs> games, but when the media will be here sure. and the Goodyear blimp, you know, so to speak, all of a sudden these folks will come out of the woodwork. Look, I remember protesters outside uh, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium during the 91 World Series and playoffs mm-hmm. uh, that were protesting the team name and and uh, you know it's it's not a new issue. We're just in a new era um, where I think these sorts of um, Complaints get heard and, and reacted upon a little bit more than they ever did. So um, is it a conversation to be had? There's never a problem having a conversation. I, I, I don't know why so many people are afraid of having a conversation. You can have a conversation about the books that your kids are reading at school. It's not going to hurt anybody to have a conversation. I agree. Um, you know, th- you can have conversations here. It w- Whether you decide to do anything about it is really a matter that's up to the folks who are involved and not to, you know, somebody who is having some sort of faux outrage that, you know, is just looking for a reason to be angry. I'm just going to mildly disagree with you. 
just because I think we need to have a conversation, that doesn't mean we need to have a conversation, okay? Uh, that, that, that's coming down to me from, from a position of how do we maximize this politically in a political season. That's how I interpreted that, that statement by the, the president's representative. Well, somebody asked the question, too. Yeah, it was, the, the, uh, yeah, it was a woman in the press. And, and she could have that. simply said, that's not on the president's agenda at this time. That's totally not something have. I'm, I'm, totally I'm yeah. briefed on. Uh, we don't have have not formed a a White House research committee or a paper. It wasn't in the Democratic platform. I don't know. But but they chose to engage and and say we should have a conversation. Okay. And and, I, and on that side of the microphone, I don't hear that there's anybody on our side here that really wants to come talk about it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it, like I said, I think it comes down to the relationship between the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indians right. and, and the Atlanta Braves, and that seems to be a And pretty I would good respect that opinion completely. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, I, I, if that was, and they said, you know, how, let's, let's do something, I, I'd say, okay, folks, you know, that, that's up to you. But that has not been their position. Is that my understanding correct? They, yeah, yeah, their position is they, they support the team and the name. And if you've yeah. been Tom around Hawk long Chuck enough too. to remember uh, Chief Nakahoma, who, by the way, for, for everyone out there, the keep him in your heart uh he's not doing very well uh he's been uh, been looked after and he had a big smile on his face he had a picture on facebook but but he's he's not doing all that well but i believe he has been very forceful in saying i'd go out there and do it again yeah although um they briefly had princess winalata uh, that was in the 83-84 era. They, they may have taken <laughs> it too, too far, far. <laughs> with that. Yes, that's, but, the, but doesn't that always happen when something as good yes. as happening? Yes. You, try to, you try to continue yes. to maximize it. And then called, it uh, I think it's called jumping the shark. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like Fonzie back in the day. You're exactly right. All right, folks need to uh, get a hold of y'all for great legal, like in personal injury or defense. Bruce, we'll start with you. Uh, easy to reach me, 404-202-2233, Bruce Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. We are on the World Wide Web at hagen-law.com. Lots of great information out there and um, anything you need, certainly in the personal injury world. Uh, even beyond that, if you need a recommendation for somebody, just give us a holler and happy to help any way we can. Yeah, I've got one of those web pages too, rayjudicelaw.com. Remember in the day when everybody had to have 87 pages of content or 107 pages and all these key buzzwords and Oh, Lord, we wasted a lot of time and money on that. You know what? Be a good lawyer. Put your name out there. Get folks a phone number, 404-964-4185. If I can help you, call me. If I can't help you, I'll send it to somebody that can. Easy to find these guys. If you need the best help when the uh, when the law is or you're up against the law, if something has gone wrong legally and you need that uh, that guidance, these two men are who I recommend you call right away. That does it for us. This is your day in court on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. 
Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 